What's up, Ego Hackers? Welcome to the C.S. Joseph Podcast. Today's episode, we're going to be discussing uh, ESFJs, and it's nice to have an uh, ESFJ question uh, from the Acolyte members. It's about time. <laughs> so it's uh, always good to uh, have the opportunity. And uh, today's question is, what does an ESFJ who is unconscious, developed, or what we would previously call shadow-focused, how do they behave? What do they look like? Uh, where do they come from? Basically, anything I could say relating to what they are and what they're all about and uh, how awesome they are and how not awesome they are. Who knows? Who knows what uh, will be said today within the context of this episode? So, yeah. ESFJs. The reason why ESFJ questions are so rare is because ESFJs out of all the 16 types are actually the ones who are least interested in anything Jungian analytical psychology or MBTI or Myers-Briggs type indicators, socionics, uh, uh, I don't know, the true colors, <laughs> there's so many different, uh, the DISC system, so many different systems that people can utilize uh, to, to psychoanalyze themselves and other people to get an idea of like what these behaviors are, but uh, ESFJs, they're pretty content to just not care. I mean, oftentimes, you know, ESFJs are way too smart for us, right? And as a result of them being way too smart, like, they don't, they don't have time for this, this sissy stuff. They don't have time for this crap, you know, this personality typing crap. Who cares, right? No one cares. They don't care. So, and because, you know, it's just not a regular thing. Everyone is different, right? You know, it, it, it oftentimes can actually offend their ego. So when I get an opportunity to a, to answer an ESFJ-related question, it's 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 like gold. It's it's amazing. So I would like to uh, thank uh, the ego hacker community, especially the ego hacker acolytes, who have uh, definitely you know contributed uh, to be able to uh, answer these questions. And having an ESFJ question, uh, and this question is old, admittedly. Uh, ESFJ asked me a long time ago and ended up getting lost in the mix, which can happen, it does happen, but I always make it right. So uh, thank you for not giving up. Uh, I apologize if you felt not listened to. That uh, was definitely not my intention, So, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to uh, make it right. Uh, so, And I will definitely answer this question as best of my ability. So overall, it's a good question. So what exactly does a shadow developed or unconscious developed ESFJ actually look like? So it's a little bit, they're, they're pretty difficult to understand in a lot of cases, but there's so many different ways to like kind of identify the differences in them. Like for example, if you're gonna take a bunch of ESFJs in a line, uh, the ones who are obese and the ones who are not obese, like that's 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 a great example. The obese ones are more likely to be subconscious developed because they're closer to their deadly sin of gluttony, uh, whereas they're more likely to be unconscious developed if they are, you know, not obese. 
basically, and they're, they're closer to their deadly sin of greed. Uh, now, granted, their ego still has the deadly sin of gluttony, but the difference is, is that if they're pushing towards their subconscious development from a psychological perspective, that means they're getting a double helping of their deadly sin of gluttony. And you could almost... You can almost assume every time. I mean, sure, there's some Pareto principle, and there are at least one standard deviation in there of variance. But, but uh, the point is, is that like, in general, it'd be pretty safe to assume that an obese ESFJ is a subconscious developed ESFJ, and one who is not obese and who is actually pretty healthy has a healthy body fat percentage. And I know this sounds shallow, but I, I, it's pretty factual uh, that ESFJ is likely to be shadow developed or unconscious developed because they're more about performance with their ISFP shadow for example also ESFJs that are closer to their ISFP shadow in their development they're far more creative way more creative because they're drawing on the artist energy of their ISFP unconscious and these are the uh, ESFJs who uh, who might uh, you know engage in uh, physical creative uh, pursuits which can happen as they especially as they you know going out and exploring different things but don't forget they're still a starter type they're just gonna like let's say they decide to like do some painting one day and they're like okay yeah i'm content with doing painting i have explored uh painting as a result this is great this is fantastic so they decided to move on to the next thing and they move on to the next thing and they move on to the next thing that's the thing about like ISFP developed ESFJs. They have this wanderlust, uh, a wanderlust. Whereas like INTP, INTP developed uh, ESFJs, not not as much, not as much. They are able to be more content to be in their comfort zone. It's like they're doubling down on their comfort. Now, granted, they still have their cognitive origin of discovery, uh, which is ultimately the cognitive origin of exploration. And they're still going to want to travel and explore, etc. But the ISFP developed ESFJs, they want to travel, like be in a consistent state of travel, a consistent state of vacation, as it were, and just keep, 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 keep on going. I've also noticed that, like, when they when they continue to do that, they're in it like, um, are they, I'm trying to like stated from like a familial perspective um because the esfj who is subconscious developed is all about solving problems ultimately they are all about solving problems whereas isfp developed esfj is more like focusing on the the pursuit of happiness and uh, they also they also can get like really insecure when it comes to money for example because from their perspective gathering up a lot of money makes them feel secure because they have that deadly sin of greed that's more prevalent in them than say if they were subconscious developed unconscious developed uh, ESFJs from an octogram perspective there's a greed factor in there and actually um, a good friend of mine who is an ENTJ his mother is an ESFJ and she is shadow developed and she would pressure his ESTP father to not uh, retire for example because she was basically afraid. She has a lot of fear because SFJs are very fearful people in general. She is afraid of what would happen if they ran out of money, for example. It's just anti-trickster. And she would use her ISFP shadow to project its ISF, their ISFP shadow's greed, uh, deadly sin, upon 
uh, this ESTP. So this ESTP was like constantly put pressured into performing and making money and constantly working, even though they had so much already. Many rental properties, consistent monthly income that was just not necessary to even have a job. It was not necessary to even have the benefits. They already had enough streams of income already at retirement age. There was no, there's no point. There is no reason to be so focused on having all this additional money. And the SFJ, especially their ISFP developed, just sees additional money from their greed, deadly sin perspective as like this big giant security blanket. Whereas if they were INTP developed, it, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter to them. Money doesn't matter as much uh, to them uh, because they're they're focused. On, they're like, hey, you know, I have a high level endurance. I can get through anything, and because I have a high level endurance and I can get through anything, I could basically solve any problem that comes at me. So I don't have to rely on the security provided by uh, by money per se. So as a result, there's no reason for me to be greedy because I'm already capable of, in my ability to endure because I can look back on my life and see everything that I've been through and know that I'm strong enough to handle whatever life throws at me. It's always so interesting, especially when you um, meet, for example, uh, ESFJs who are cancer survivors and, and when they're INTP focused or developed actually, INTP developed and they're cancer survivors, like from there they, they they literally think of themselves like as these like heroes that could just get through anything there's nothing in life there's no challenge that they can't get through there is no problem that they can't solve right and they take that perspective with them everywhere but if they're unconscious developed or shadow developed the isfp side you know like especially when it comes to money it's like they rely on money for their personal sense of security more so than they rely on their own endurance basically and that can be pretty sad but you know i'm not here to like judge these people that's just kind of how it is furthermore they also are very 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 good at saving and i've noticed that shadow developed esfjs they are very financially savvy whereas the intp developed esfjs are not financially savvy they're really not. Not only that, like you could just actually compare them based on how they dress. The INTP uh, developed ESFJ, they really struggle with a fashion sense. It's like the poor fashion sense of the INTP is just bleeding into their ego and potentially getting worse over time. And that experted sensing critic is just not really, it hasn't developed its maturity. Whereas if an ISFP developed ESFJ, they really care about their aesthetics. They go out of their way throughout their life to continually update and keep up with fashion and look good in the mirror. And they spend a lot of time in front of the mirror. My grandmother is one such ESFJ who does this. When she is, she's all about money. She's all about saving. She's all about, and that doesn't mean, you know, she's not going to spend money on people she cares about. She's very supportive and she can definitely cover contract as an ESFJ uh, would. But, like, she's all about her aesthetic, all about how she dresses, all about her personal performance. She's really invested so much in her extroverted sensing critic, which has caused her to be probably one of the most mature and responsible people inside the entire family. And her late husband, my grandfather, who was an ISTP, he was definitely subconscious developed, and he was all about his personal happiness, even to the point of being entirely immature, oftentimes. 
I didn't really develop much maturity until like his 50s, let's be honest. And even then, that's questionable. But my grandmother was always there to be the voice of maturity in the family and for him. And he utilized that consistently. They had a, a pedagogue relationship, a companion relationship. And he was always happy to take her exploring. And she loved it because, you know, he wouldn't use, utilize his maturity to get in the way of him having any fun in his life. So he would go have fun and be happy and, and then take her along for the ride. And then she would help him with her sense of maturity to get, get through it, you know. A shadow developed ESFJ is just more mature than a subconscious developed ESFJ. And that's a fact. That's straight up factual. That doesn't change. And it's always going to be that way. Which which can be a good thing. You know, there's there's good things, there's bad things all, all the way around. Um, also, like, uh, even, even sexually there's differences. Like, uh, shadow developed ESFJ... They're more willing to be like, uh, you know, have the sexual kink known as a switch, right? They they really like being on bottom, but you know, if they if they get drunk in certain situations, they want to be on top. You know, they want to they want to be the rider of the horse instead of being ridden, basically. Uh, you know that and that doesn't it, regardless of what their gender is. That's just kind of how it is. However, a subconscious developed ESFJ kind of just doubles down on being, you know, the bottom of the relationship or. Um, or doubles down on being submissive. They're like hyper submissive, basically. So, whereas the shadow developed ESFJ basically trades uh, trades those roles, etc. Not only that, like the expert thinking demon within a shadow developed ESFJ also like has this insane need for respect, like. Like they, like, they desire respect. They will force other people to respect them. Whereas the INTP-developed ESFJ, not so much. Not so much. Respect isn't as much, isn't as that important as being, like, liked. Because extroverted feeling hero and the extroverted feeling inferior of both the ESFJ and the INTP archetype basically combine. So they have a higher need of being liked, basically. Whereas the ISFP-developed ESFJ doesn't really have that problem as much. Sure, they like to be liked, but sometimes they understand that there's value in being respected as well. And they want to make sure that both are represented. So, I mean, ultimately, shadow developed ESFJ is a little bit more rounded than a subconscious developed ESFJ. And again, I'm not saying, you know, anyone is better than the other. They both have their hang-ups. But, you know, it's... It's just really what they decide to invest their life into. I mean, my grandmother, she is shadow developed for sure, but she was also the the oldest. She grew up as the oldest uh, in her family. She's also a product of rape, so her the man who raised her was not actually her biological father, um, but uh, the man who raised her uh, still decided to marry her mother even though her mother ended up getting pregnant with another man's child as a result of a rape, basically. And that's, that's an incredible story. You know, that man, his name is, uh, his name is Ward, a uh, good man. And his brother Steve was the one who uh, raped my, uh, my, grand, my great-grandmother and who, who bore a, a daughter, my, my grandmother. Which, 
ends up being like a huge issue of family contention to this day. But based, based, based on her origins alone, on top of the fact that she had to take personal responsibility and help raise all of the other children, because she has many brothers and sisters. We're talking like maybe five to eight. Like, like, like it's a huge family. I don't, I, don't even, I don't even know how many great aunts and uncles I have, but it's a lot. And these people grew up in the, uh, in the Great Depression, basically, where you know everyone was basically destitute in those days. And they still made it through. And they had these huge families as a result. And she had to take responsibility as the firstborn and help her mother raise the other children. And because of that, she had to, she was forced to gain in maturity very quickly because she was responsible for the other children. So she wasn't able to like really develop her subconscious side because from an early age, she was, she was basically forced to be responsible, the responsible older sister basically that would take care of the other children and help her mother out. And that's ultimately why she became shadow developed or, uh, you know, over time. Luckily, she's like a UDSF type, so she started focusing on developing her subconscious over time. But then it, she just got to a point in her life where it just, it just didn't really matter to her anymore. She's like in her 90s now. She's, I believe she's 91, 92, I think 91 right now. And it's just like, eh, who cares? I'll just eat some chocolate. Giving in to that uh, gluttony deadly sin. So, I mean, why not? She's she's 91. She's not... It doesn't matter. You know, from her perspective, she's, it's YOLO time. You know what I'm saying? She's doing some YOLO time. So, And no one dare criticize her, especially when her expert-thinking demon will come out and be like, Hey, I put in all this effort for you. The least you could let let me do as a 91-year-old year woman, let me eat some chocolate when I want to eat chocolate. Yeah, if it kills me, it kills me. Oh, well. But allow me to indulge because I spent all this hard work and energy and time on all of you folks. Let it happen. So yeah. Also, like from an ESFJ male perspective, I know another ESFJ. Uh, he, uh, it's like a director of operations on uh, for for a company. He also is shadow developed. Uh, you know, very ISFP developed has that, uh, that greed uh, aspect, all about money, all about, you know, going in the corporate ladder. And it's just so interesting how he would leverage money to basically get what he was looking out, you know, looking out for, you know, in terms of his life. I mean, he's willing to consume at any moment, but the thing is, though, is that the consumption is always based on whether or not, you know, he's going to be going out of his way to improve other people around him and actually increase the prosperity he really does believe in teaching a man uh to fish and and coming up with creative ways to do it instead of just being focused entirely on consumption on his own uh but you know again still not without uh still not without his hang-ups and he ends up overvaluing being respected instead of being liked because of his ISFP shadow coming out, you know, consistently and causing problems in the workplace, you know, just from a corporate perspective. This leads to, like, ISFP shadow uh, entitlement, basically, where 
he's like, hey, because I'm performing with my expert sensing critic, I'm really entitled uh, to some uh, kickbacks and special treatment, basically. That's another way that uh, a shadow developed ESFJ can actually, uh, you know, behave. And that's also something that happens, you know, from a male perspective. And that's one of the ways that a covert contract could actually manifest as a result of ISFP shadow development within an ESFJ. So, but yeah, I think in general that sums up their their behavior overall um huh, here's another one uh, shadow developed esfj is more likely to point out where you're like where your dress is wrong or you know they're they're going to ask you critic you whereas a subconscious developed one is not really going to care that much about how you're dressed they care more about uh you know what they're doing basically but uh, that ISFP will definitely come out if it's developed and be like, hey, why are you wearing that piece of trash? Maybe you should go change. Or, hey, that's inappropriate right now. They're definitely going to go that far. So, But yeah, um, that's it uh, for this question. Thanks for watching and listening, and I'll see you guys in the next episode.